0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
1: Hello, I'm Claire Hatton.
0: And I'm Greta Thomas. And welcome to this first how-to episode here at Don't Stop Us Now. Today we're going to talk all about how to manage your inner critic, you know, that pesky critical little voice that we all have inside our heads and it can really undermine how we feel about ourselves and our capabilities. Now Claire and I like to call our inner critic our evil DJ and that's because the inner critic is constantly playing negative soundtracks over and over. The other reason we like calling it the evil DJ is because science shows by creating a character, it actually helps us to distance ourselves from our thoughts. And here's the thing. No matter how convincing and compelling your thoughts may be, including those negative ones about yourself, they are not necessarily true. If you're interested in seeing what we think the evil DJ looks like, you can go and check him out on the uh, webpage for this episode at don't stop us now. Now the problem when we listen too much to our inner critics is twofold. Firstly, it can stop us from taking action. You know, you'll hear that negative soundtrack like, oh no, but if I say that, will they judge me? Too often we hesitate and we don't take the action when in actual fact, we absolutely should proceed. Evil DJ is not being our friend here And what we know for sure is that the only way to reach your full potential is to take action. Now, the second problem when we listen to our evil DJs too much is that those soundtracks can completely distort our perspective on what's really happening in the real world. And what we need to do is make sure we don't interpret things solely through our own internal narratives, but instead get outside input and feedback to make sure we're not being too negative. Now, Claire, you've got a really interesting evil DJ story, haven't you? I have indeed. In
1: fact, it's a true story. It's about somebody called, let's call her Kate. She's 38 years old. She's working in a tech company in a senior sales leadership position. She's been at the company for two years and every performance review, which happens every quarter, she's getting an exceeding expectations. It's a high paced environment, demanding and stressful work, but she absolutely loved it. She had had some trauma in the past, but was mostly well, though she was working really hard. What happened was she was doing well, but then she hit a road bump that road bump was pretty serious it was three things all happening at once the first thing was a major client and she was heading up sales so this is pretty important a major client revenue halved pretty much overnight which really impacted her and her team and the whole company the second thing was a couple of her direct reports who ran teams moved on to bigger and better jobs at the company She was super thrilled about that, but it meant that she then had to do their jobs. So she had to work a lot harder until she hired new people. And finally, she had some relationship issues at home. So her hours increased. She was working weekends, not having a social life. She was feeling under stress. She stopped exercising. She was eating badly. Her sleep was affected. And the evil DJ just crept up on her. He'd always been there, but he got way louder. So the soundtracks were, I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing enough. I'm not as good as him or her. She started to interpret signs from others that she wasn't doing a good enough job She read into comments from people, took them completely out of context and she started to feel really negative and overwhelmed. It was made even worse by the fact that her manager wasn't giving her any feedback outside of the normal performance cycle. She even got to the point where she told her flatmate that she was going to get fired. Kate actually got to the point where she thought maybe I should just quit and put myself out of the misery of being fired. It was that bad. And then one day it happened. She got that phone call from her boss's boss, who was based in Asia. So it was very unusual. And it started with an instant message that said, can you call me please, Kate? So she called him with trepidation and he said, thanks for calling. I've just got something I want to tell you. She thought it was about to happen. And he said, look, Kate, we've been reviewing our top talent and we've identified you as someone with huge potential that we really want to keep and nurture in the business. So we've decided to give you a 25% pay increase and a whole tranche of shares just to show you how much we value you. She literally said, you're kidding, aren't you? You could have knocked her down with a feather. How could she have got it so wrong? Well, I can tell you. Why she got it so wrong. Because Kate was actually me. It's a true story, and it actually happened to me. My evil DJ was so convincing, it literally provided me with a completely different reality. I believed it fully. I was susceptible to my evil DJ because I was under intense pressure, I wasn't looking after myself. And I was losing sleep, which is a a really vicious stress cycle. And Greta, as you said earlier, I was literally hijacked by my evil DJ
0: soundtrack. Well, that is quite a story, Claire. Now, before we get stuck into sharing a tool on how to manage your inner critic or evil DJ, it might be helpful, we thought, to pause for a moment and think, well, why do we even have an inner critic in the first place? Now, one key reason, experts believe, is that at some point we've all had a time in early childhood where we've been criticized for something or belittled or compared negatively to someone else And for some reason, one of those criticisms along the way has really stuck with us and has become ingrained and we've actually carried it with us as a belief right up into adulthood. We had a great example of that just a few episodes ago when the celebrated TED speaker and author, Rachel Botsman, was telling us that she was told as a young child she couldn't write And she absolutely believed that right into adulthood, and it was only in her early or mid-twenties when she was introduced to the joys of reading that she began to discover and try writing again. And of course, the rest is history. She's a successfully published author with two great books and writes all the time now, and she's a brilliant writer. Yes, absolutely. But there might actually be
1: another reason. I'm sure every woman listening to this would recognize that women do tend to be harsher self-critics than men. And one theory is that actually women have been criticized and in some cases persecuted for literally thousands of years. And there's a really fascinating BBC documentary called Ascent of Woman that's showing currently on Netflix that really sums up how women have been positioned over the centuries and how this has impacted them. Now we'll put a link to that documentary series in our show notes. So this history has led to deeply held societal norms that women are not equal. So our internal narratives are likely to be influenced by this. Audet XL, who featured in one of our first episodes, summed this up beautifully.
0: We are filled with fear as women. Absolutely. Filled with fear. And now, you know, now I'm older, I hear that voice, you know, the voice. I still hear it. I walk into a Court board meeting and I still look around the room and go, oh my God, why am I here? I should have read that paper more closely. Gee, I hope that's not a stupid question. You know, he knows a lot more about this than I do. I still, Classic. noisy.
1: Yeah.
0: Noisy. And But now I know, I've identified the voice. So I'd say to it, oh, hello, voice of 2,000 years of oppression. I am not going to listen to you. I can never shut it up. It's on my shoulder, you know, as it is on all our shoulders. It's in our blood. Wow, that's such a
1: powerful quote, isn't it, Claire? Oh, it sure is. She is amazing. But, you know, the thing is, is that although, yes, it is in our blood, don't get too down because... The good news is that you can, like Odette, ignore it or live with it, more, more to the point. It is always likely to be there. But once you recognize it, you can find strategies to help you get it under control.
0: Speaking of strategies, it's time for us to share a simple but very powerful tool right now. And it's called simply choose a cue to check in with you. It rhymes because science shows it's easier to remember when it rhymes. So choose a cue to check in with you. Now, a cue is something you use to remind you to do something or to interrupt you in the middle of something and get your attention. So, for example, Claire, if you think about your story when you were down the staff and working those crazy long hours and your evil DJ slash inner critic had kicked in Mm – I imagine you didn't have the presence of mind in your tired and stressed state to kind of stop and think, oh, yeah, that's just my evil DJ. I should, it's probably not true. It's just my inner critic. Did you, I was completely unconscious of it. Exactly. And the trouble is when you're in these sort of stressful times, you don't have that presence of mind, which is exactly why we need a cue. So for example, your cue could be as simple as a picture on your desk that when you see it, it reminds you to check in with your thoughts. It could be a special bracelet you wear or a fitness band that you get to you know have a haptic vibration every few hours you might put in a calendar entry once a day to check in now what you want to do and this is what you should have done Claire in that sort of stressed state is check in and ask yourself three questions and the first question is am I stuck in my head right now And what that really means is, in other words, are you interpreting everything that's going on around you solely with your own thoughts narrative, rather than taking in outside pieces of information? And Claire, clearly in your your case with that story you shared, that's exactly what was happening. It was all happening inside your own head without really any substantive evidence from anyone outside, yeah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And any evidence I picked up on was
0: there's just back up
1: my story. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: you would take it out of context and misread stuff exactly. because you were you were so convinced by your evil DJ by that time. The second question, so firstly, am I stuck in my head? Am I just relying on my own thoughts to interpret what's going on? The second question is, well, Are these thoughts my evil DJ thoughts or are they valid thoughts? And the way you typically know if it's your evil DJ that's in charge is if if the sort of thoughts are really categorical black and white statements like, I'm no good at this. They hate me. That piece of work I just sent off to my boss was rubbish. You know, that kind of statement that usually is far more exaggerated and is not solely based in truth. The third question you then ask yourself if you think it is the evil DJ is, well, what's the evidence for these thoughts that I'm having? Now, Claire, if you think again back to that story scenario, you were having those evil DJ thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I'm not as good as so-and-so or so-and-so, and then it went on to then become the story that you thought you were convinced you were about to be fired so in that instance, you'd say, well, what's the evidence that I'm about to be
1: fired? Yeah. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, you know, I was getting exceeds expectations every quarter. In your performance reviews? In my performance reviews. So, and that's really quite high. In fact, it's very high. So there was
0: actually no evidence And can you imagine that if you had had the presence of mind to ask yourself that question because you had been reminded by a cue and been interrupted in your evil DJ thought, you know, would that have helped? Would that have taken the power out of these thoughts you were having? Oh, for sure. I'm sure it would have done. In fact, I mean, I've used this
1: since. Oh, right. And I've found it incredibly powerful. So I know it works. Fantastic. And in fact, I wanted to just share with you. Actually, I don't think I told you. Just a couple of weeks ago... I actually was coaching someone and they decided to use this when they're journaling. They have a habit of journaling at night for five minutes. And so what they do is actually check in with themselves and then ask themselves those three questions. And the one that is most compelling is the evidence one. And that's the one that takes all the power out of the thoughts.
0: That's fantastic to hear. And yeah, I didn't hear about that. So, um, oops, sorry. So you listen up. She's my business partner, and I didn't even know. But great example of how choosing a cue and checking in with you, be it asking yourself in your own mind these three questions, particularly what's the evidence, or writing them down as Claire's coaching client did. Fantastic. So have a think now. Um, what will your cue or interrupter be for you to check in with your thoughts?
1: So that's our How to Manage Your Inner Critic episode done and dusted. If taming your evil DJ interests you, then check out our free workbook with exercises and other tools to help you manage your inner critic. You can download the workbook at our website,
0: don'tstopusnow.co. Plus, let us know what other sticky problems you'd love help with to progress your career. Email your requests to hello at don't don'tstopusnow.co and if you haven't
1: already please subscribe rate and review our podcast because it really helps other people find us and we'd be so so grateful so from us for now have a great week and don't let your evil dj
0: stop you ciao for now